Welcome in to Prep Sports Tonight here on The Sports Animal with Jesse Smithy of 5starpreps.com. I'm Josh Ward. We are with you for the next half hour. Vol Calls is going to take over at 8 o'clock live at Calhoun's on the River. It's going to be a big one. Tennessee getting ready for Florida on Saturday. You'll hear from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt coming up in about half an hour right here on The Sports Animal. In the meantime, we get ready for week five. Hard to believe. Uh, we mean it that uh, the high school regular season is about halfway over. We play mm-hmm. 11 weeks, uh, get an off weekend there. But um, it's it's about to be go time here with the high school football season. Very much so. I feel like we have a good sample size of of, of things to judge from certain teams from around the area. Your Marivals, Alcoas, Catholics. We, we know what these teams have now. And every team has had ample time to prove themselves, whether they struggled out of the gates They've had the last two weeks to regroup, and that we've seen that in certain programs, especially a, a team like Oak Ridge that was started off 0-2, now 2-2. and We get thrust right into the middle of region play, and we're going to start to see teams jockey for position where their playoff seeds will be, and these next few weeks are going to be uh, very critical in terms of playoff seedings, and uh, it all starts this Friday night. Yeah, and a, uh, a game that I think is going to get a lot of attention. We'll have it for you on the Sports Animal. Uh, Catholic versus Macaulay, and a uh, key player on the Catholic side joins us now. Yeah, um, Clemson commitment and 2020 Under Armour All-American. Brian Tucker joins us on the pro- program. Brian, thanks for so much for joining us. How are you tonight? I'm doing just fine. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And you guys are coming off of a bye week. Um what do you? How does Catholic approach this week in terms of correcting the mistakes that you saw you guys made in the Innsworth game where y'all were oh so close to to winning that game in Nashville? We just got to come out focused. You know, last week during the bye week had a we only practiced two times. You know, it was a uh, upper sales, and uh, I mean our biggest focus right now is uh, decrease the turnovers. You know, and during the Innsworth game we had a couple turnovers, and that's our that's our main goal is keep the ball safe. You know, all about football is, is the ball. That's how you win the game. And, uh, you know, we just want to come in, prepare, be focused, and, you know, just come in, you know, just, you know, be kind, be kind of pissed off, man. You just you got to play with an attitude. Brian, so much was made this summer and, the, and during the preseason about the, the question mark being around Catholic football is how would they transition into Division II AAA with the Macaulays and the Brentwood Academies and the Innsworths? I know you guys as a program are, are, have won enough championships and have won enough to not believe in moral victories, but do you feel like you guys proved yourself even though you did lose in that Innsworth game? Uh, we're we're still not satisfied, you know, and uh, but it, there's still a lot more improvement to be made on this football team. And um, every day we come out of practice, we're always coming out competing high intensity. Today during practice it was high intensity. So, um, you know, we're going to come in on Friday hoping we get a, a good good win over a great football team. And, um, you know, just come in, just like I said, focus, and we, we should be fine. We're talking to Catholic offensive lineman Brian Tucker. And uh, when you talk about holding each other accountable, how does how does that work in terms of leadership and coach and player relationship? What's that like there at Catholic High School? Uh, it's strong. We have a, a great team chemistry. You know, when, uh, you know, if a uh, running back is uh, downfield, get knocked down, we're going offensive line is going to run down there and pick him up. All the time, you know, we keep our brothers safe on our team, and uh, and if a brother goes at it with somebody, we're behind his back no matter what. He's not, he's not the only person. And um, uh, but the team chemistry and the coaches, we all have a great um, love for each other, and we we're all brothers. So you know, that, that's kind of hard to defeat. We'll have a a team with a bunch of uh, team chemistry, and it. it's hard to beat that. Brian, as you look at across the line 
at Catholic during practice, and you see Tyler Barron over there, a guy who's been recruited by so many teams, prominent teams around the country. How often do you get to go up against his skill set one-on-one, and, and if so, how, how much better does that make you as a player? Uh, it's great competition. You know, it's, it's uh, teaching me who I'm going to face, you know, in the upcoming uh, next year up in the college level. So, uh, you know, me and him, you know, we always tell each other great practice that they got each other, each other better. And, um, you know, just seeing him just grow as a player, you know, through the season, him coming to Catholic, I mean, he, he has uh, really, you know, grew into a, a great, you know, young man and also a great football player. And every day when he comes out, he's always working no matter what. And we, um, defensive line, offensive line, you know, it's just, it's a battle, a battle in the trenches. That's where everybody, you know, the coaches look at us at the trenches because, you know, that's where all the big-time names are. And, um, and, you know, every day it's just fun coming out there and just, you know, competing with them. So in, along that same vein, do you I'm, – I'm sure when you go to these recruiting camps or these certain camps at colleges and you're competing against guys of Tyler Barron's ilk, you, you look down at Macaulay and they have a few guys that are, are, are big-time college prospects. Do you know those guys? Have you competed against them in, in spring ball or, or camps or anything like that around the country? Um, you know, there's a lot of players. Uh, you know, they got Jay Hardy. I, I, we faced him last year in the scrimmage, and he, he was a – a real good player, and I'm, I mean, overall, I'm Macaulay. They're full of great players, and I mean, I face some great players during camps, but Macaulay's is going to be a pretty big uh, challenge for us, but overall, we're going to do pretty well, so uh, I'm looking forward for this Friday. You know, it's going to be a big-time game, game of the week, so um, we're going to show what we have for them, so. Talking to Brian Tucker, Catholic High School, he's committed to Clemson. And in, as you've talked about, you're one of several guys who are committed to schools or have opportunities to go to schools. Do, do you find that you get more attention from the teams that you go up against on Friday nights with them knowing uh, your your profile and knowing your opportunity at the next level? Uh, I mean, it, it depends on how the, you know, the scouting report is. But all I know is on Friday I'm going to come in with my, my game tempo. I'm going to come out strong as usual. You know, I'm just going to play with intensity as always. So, I mean, I don't know what they're on, what's on my name is on their scouting report is, and you know, I really just, you know, I really don't care about that. I just, you know, care about my game, and how I play. So, um, you know, Friday it's going to be a great day. Come in strong, come in fast, and come out with a big, big win. Hopefully, Brian, you're gracious enough to announce your college commitment on the Five Star Preps podcast back in the spring, and I wonder mm-hmm. what life has been like for you since those since uh, the last six months, really, being a Clemson commitment and, and you making trips over to campus sometimes. and What's that been like for you over the last half year? It's, it's awesome, man. You know, I, I never regret a decision. You know, Clemson is a perfect school. And, you know, everybody tell me, hey, Clemson is my dream school. And, you know, I'm like, hey, Clemson Clemson's the way to go. And um, everything about Clemson is phenomenal. Uh, you know, besides the football, education is phenomenal. Uh, whole I think football team averages like a 3.5 plus GPA, and that's pretty that's pretty good. And um, they only have like 200, like I think 80 out of like 284 graduates on their team. And um, I mean, it, it's crazy. And you know, when I made the decision, I knew it was going to be the best for my future for the next three to four years. So I'm happy with my decision. I just, I just, I just, um, ready to get there next year. That's something you and I have talked about quite a bit. Is this? When oftentimes when you hear recruits talk about the schools that they choose, they don't they don't often reference graduation rates in, in, in academics. And why is that important to you? And I know you've been striving hard to to be a midterm enrollee, but when did academics really become a a big thing that you've pursued? 
All right, that's always a big thing, you know. I mean, you know, football, you know, NFL stands for not for long. So after football, you got to find some way, some way to, you know, um, carry out your career. And, um, you know, just looking at that, you know, telling us, all the recruiting uh, analysts there, telling us about the education is very important as well to see what you're getting at. And um, Dabo Sweeney, he, he preaches about, you know, get your education, get your degree. And uh, I just love that from, you know, also to preach that. You know, some coaches, they really, you know, you know preach that much, just football. But for him to say that, you know, explain to us how they roll with their education, you know, I like hearing that too because, you know, my mom is big on education. And, um, you know, I can't – I mean, I have to roll with it, and it's awesome. Hey, Brian, what did you think seeing Amari Rogers with that catch and run uh, the other day? He's, he's less than six months uh, re- returning from that torn ACL. It's pretty incredible. Yes. Oh, man, it's awesome. After that, I texted him, FaceTime him. I mean, I was like, man, congrats. Like, this is this is huge. I mean, you're like um, – I posted on Twitter. I said, I mean, this man has worked his butt off. I mean, he is a big role model to me. His work effort, even when, I, even when I was a freshman and he was a senior at Catholic, the man was on the jug machine after every single practice working to get better. And look where he is right now, coming back from an ACL injury for five months. That's really unheard of. And, you know, just he's a, he's a big role model to me. And I'm seeing him catch the 87-yard screen. It was it was phenomenal. I was just yelling to the TV, like, hey, let's go, let's go, you know, so, <laughs> Overall, man, it's just, it's awesome. It, I, it's just it, it's just a blessing to see him, you know, do what he does. It's, it's incredible. Will there be an opportunity for you to possibly play early at Clemson? I know, I know that's a program that's super deep in talent, and and maybe opportunities aren't just prevalent all, all over the place on the on the two deep. But what's it looking like for you year one there? Um, I'm just, just keep working. I saw where uh, Clemson has five senior offensive linemen graduating, so there's 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 going to be open spots. You know, I'm going to grind for it every day when I get to Clemson day one, uh, being in the weight room constantly, you know, getting recovery. You know, I'm just going to come out every practice with the same intensity as always, you know, just, just grind and grind and grind and hopefully get that, that spot. Do you have a Dabo story, by the way, anything behind the scenes from your experience with him as a recruit? I said it one more time. Do you have a, do you have a Dabo Sweeney story, anything that, uh, that you've learned about oh, him behind yeah. the scenes that we don't see? <laughs> um, I mean – when you, I mean, if you watch videos of him, he's the same exact person off the field. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, I really don't know any bad things about him. I mean, honestly, everything I know about him is just great, good, good. I mean, it's phenomenal. But uh, stories, I, <laughs> um, I really, I really don't, I really don't know much, honestly. So overall, I mean, every time I get a chance to speak with him, you know, talk about how the family's doing and everything. So overall, he's a great man. He, he's awesome. Brian, do we know anything yet on the Under Armour game, like when you might get your jersey or anything like that? Has any of that ha- already happened? Or? I'm beginning, I think, the next month because they started um, doing the presentations at high schools now, and um, I should be getting mine, I believe, in the next month or two. So hopefully um, they come up, and um, I mean, it'd be an awesome thing to show the whole school and you know, just give them inspiration too. You get to pick your own number? Um. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm I'm sticking my 55, but on that jersey that has the 2020 like number 20 on it for the 2020 class. I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll be getting 55 though for the normal game. Well, uh, Brian, congrats on everything you've been able to accomplish so far. Good luck as you get ready for Macaulay. We look forward to having that game on uh, FM 99.1, the Sports Animal. And uh, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us tonight. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all for having me. Thanks, Brian.
Brian Tucker, Catholic High School, committed to the Clemson Tigers. Uh, a number of guys with big opportunities. Cooper Mays, of course, committed to Tennessee. Uh, Cade's at Georgia. There's some some guys that have come through the program. Yeah, absolutely. And Brian's just another fantastic player that's come through Catholic and just a quality guy. I mean, he's yeah. he'll come up to you, whether it's a spring practice or seven-on-seven, seven, if he happens to be there and come up to you and ask how you're doing or shake your son's hand or whatever. And just uh, I know a lot of people that think the world of Brian Tucker and Sure, there's going to be people in Tennessee that's sad to see him go out of state, but they just don't come better than Brian Tucker. Yeah, appreciate him taking a few minutes to join us. We'll come back. We will take a look at the schedule for week week five of the high school football season. Then we will hand things over to Vol Calls coming up at 8 o'clock next to Jesse Smithy of 5starpreps.com. I'm Josh Ward. You are listening to Prep Sports Tonight on FM 99.1, the sports animal. A sports car, we'd be red, fast, and expensive. 99.1, the sports animal. Back on Press Force tonight. Thank you for being with us. 15 minutes away, a little less than that, from Vol Calls. Sam Foreman, our producer. Uh, as uh, we close out the show, he helps get the show up for you on the website and the uh, podcast section of the WNML app if you ever want to go back and check it out. Jesse Smithy of 5starpreps.com is here. We did talk about during uh, Tennessee Sports Night, but it was a huge game last week. Maryville gets the win over Alcoa. Those are still two teams that are going to. Uh, have great seasons, but that that was a huge win for Maryville, no doubt. It really was, and the way I describe it was Maryville, late in the game, took on the DNA of Alcoa. They extended drives, they converted third downs all on the ground, and they just pounded the ball behind an offensive line that just seemed like they were going to will their team to victory. That's what we see in Alcoa, especially in state championship games where they're not going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to control the clock and grind out a win on the ground and keep it kind of conservative. Maryville had turned the ball over a few times in the first half, and there in the second half, they just started pounding the, the left side of the offensive line and, and behind Mason Hobby, Hobby and Tommy Ledford. And those two guys at left tackle and left guard just played phenomenally there in the second half. And Noti Hodge, Kate Chambers, Parker McGill took on the responsibility of running the football, and they did it masterfully. And they prevented Alcoa from reaching a 30-game win streak, and they also prevented Alcoa from winning consecutive games in the series for the first time since 2009 2010 so it was like it was almost like a, a moment for Maryville to feel like it's weird to say but we're back yeah uh, and that says something about the program it says something about Alcoa too no it does with where the program is for Maryville to get that kind of win and, and for the reaction to be what it was yeah and of course we we broke the story the next day that J.R. Jones are running back uh, one of the running backs who had a key play in their comeback win over Blackman returning a kickoff 90 yards for a score uh, unenrolled at Alcoa High School, and all signs point to him enrolling where he lives at Powell. So there's still some uh, reporting to be done there, but those are the, in the early indicators. And I think he's going to have to sit out 12 months, and so he won't be eligible immediately from what I've been told so far. So we'll see how that transpires. But this is the second year in a row Alcoa has lost a running back to um, a possible transfer, and they did just fine last year, won a state title. Speaking of the Pal Panthers, they have cracked your top five at yep. fivestarpreps.com. We are a week away from what could be a really big battle of Emory Road, but uh, if you want to start with Pal, then we'll get to Halls. Yeah, they've they've been right there on the cusp of the top five because I wanted to give them a little bit of time to let these freshmen that are out on the field kind of mature a little bit and not 
thrust them too much into the spotlight. There was still some improvement that needed to be had out of them in terms of productivity on offense, and you're starting to see that now. And even with Fernando Francis out at running back, they still have two, three guys that they can they can plug in, whether it's Baylor Hughes or whether it's Jordan Brown or, or what have you, or McIntosh. All three of those guys are capable of having really big nights running the football, and that takes a lot of pressure off of Walker Trusley at quarterback, and who, again, is, is still waiting on some of these receivers to, to take the next big step. We've seen flashes of it at times with some of these freshmen out there. So the fact that Powell has that run game that they can produce wins with is, is going to only serve them well once they get into weeks 8, 9, 10, 11, where really their, their schedule gets super tough. Hall's also unbeaten, uh, getting ready for Carter tomorrow night. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, we've had um, uh, an unfortunate storyline with Carter football as one of his assistant coaches passed away mm-hmm. today, and so that community and is is more is mourning that, and so it's it's a difficult spot for Halls to come into, knowing that you know they got a program that's hurting, and so it takes a, a little bit of the, away from the the hype of the game, so to speak. Um, but I think Halls ultimately, once play begins, will will kind of take care of business. Um, what Scott Cummings has been able to do in his first year there at Halls is nothing short of a miracle. That team was a playoff team a year ago, and they nearly knocked off a number one seed. But to change offenses, to go from basically a spread to a veer offense, and to have this success is not easy. And uh, they got some special players out there that not a lot of people have talked about, and I think they will. Yeah, and all the best to Carter as they're getting ready for to go through this week and then uh, deal with such a difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know on the field, X's and O's wise, their quarterback is a freshman, Chandler Wilson, and he's been hobbled a little bit with injury. And uh, we, we talked with um, Coach Meadows this week to see if he would play in that game Thursday. And right now it's still kind of a an iffy situation as he's, I believe, in concussion protocol and uh, we'll see if he's he's able to go tomorrow night. You are listening to Prep Sports tonight with Jesse Smithy of Five Star Preps. I'm Josh Ward. Uh, Anderson County is coming off a, a really big win. Anderson County ranked number six in your uh, rankings, but that went over South Doyle, big deal. A massive win over South Doyle, and they jumped five spots in our in our Five Star Preps top fifteen because they deserve to. They knocked off a very good South Doyle team. Sure, South Doyle was out was without Mason Brang, their senior quarterback, but. They have so much talent that it shouldn't have mattered. And Anderson County still went out and beat them. And, and really, at times, the game wasn't even close. They stormed to a 14 nothing lead. And what was important about this game for Anderson County was they closed the deal. You think back to when they had a 30-20 to lead on Powell, and then the next thing you know, Powell reels off four consecutive touchdowns, and Anderson County can't close that win. They closed it this time. And for a program that had to replace so many key seniors from a year ago, this is going to teach them how to handle those clutch moments and those crunch time moments later in the season when they can think back to that South Doyle game and say, we know we can beat the best and we can close out the best. Let's do it again. And South Doyle gets ready for Sevier County. Yeah, it's it's an opportunity for Nick Martin to grow as a quarterback. You know, he, he took some bumps and bruises last week in that game against Anderson County, and he's going to have those learning moments. But if, if he's going to keep the team afloat while Mason Brang is on the mend, He's got to step up in this rivalry game this week and get a and get a win somehow. When he came in in relief against Gibbs, he was able to complete seven of eleven passes and throw for a hundred yards. So he needs to have one of those two hundred to two twenty five passing nights and and allow Elijah Young to to get his legs stretched out. What do you think about Fulton getting ready for Carnes? 
some team's going to come away with the win. That's that's about all you can say with this game. Both teams have, have struggled out of the gates, and I know both coaches wanted uh, bigger and better things for their programs, but Fulton has is, is been riddled with injuries, and they also, of course, we've talked about how much they graduated from last year's class, so it's been kind of a <clears throat> excuse me, a perfect storm for Fulton so far through four weeks, but this is an opportunity for Tommy Sweat to go against the team that you know, he used to play for, Tommy Sweat being the quarterback at Fulton, and, and see if he can get a win and see what Fulton can maybe salvage uh, the rest of this season. How about Farragut against uh, Morristown West this week? Should be an opportunity for Farragut to go on the road and get the season back on track. I don't think anybody expected them to lose to Oak Ridge last week, but they did. And that was coming off of a bye in which they had two weeks to prepare. Just offensively, they're not where they need to be right now. Gavin Wilkinson's one of the best quarterbacks in East Tennessee. He's getting FCS looks. At one time, he was getting FBS looks. He's the a prototypical size as a quarterback, but he's only thrown two touchdown passes this year. And that's not typical Farragut football. So I think you see them get back on track against Morristown West. Yeah, uh, you had Gavin as your top player to watch heading into the week? Yeah, he's one of those guys. We do a, a prospect watch, and as far as what they're doing so far, who's looking at them, and what he needs to do on Friday night. And Gavin was definitely in there because I think the world of his ability. I mm-hmm. uh, love watching him throw the football, and especially down the field. And uh, he's got some weapons out there he can utilize, and Hunter Shopovic and Alec Keithley. And he's got a running back in Matt White. It's just kind of a, a head-scratcher of a performance a week ago. We'll see if Farragut can turn it around. You expect a close one between Gibbs and Campbell County? I do. I think that could be one of the sneaky good games of the night. And uh, Campbell County's been up and down a little bit at times this year, offensively and defensively. Same kind of goes for Gibbs. And a unique clash of offensive styles should produce a close contest. Loudon keeps winning football games, now 4-0. Yeah, they do, and they should go to 5-0 and 6-0 and 7-0 and until they get deep into the season. I, I think they have a great chance at going 10-0, and possibly 9-1, and and be one of the top seeds in 3A. Uh, Greenville hosting Austin East this week. Wow, what can you say about Austin East? They are definitely back on track, and Trey Foster, the quarterback, with eight total touchdowns a week ago, over 500 yards of offense. This was a team that couldn't even score a point in weeks one and two. Now they're a dangerous threat to go on the road to Greenville, and Greenville's kind of had an influx situation at quarterback, and uh, we'll see if Blaine Ferguson can lead them to a victory over Austin East. Yeah, really interesting time. Uh, you have Austin East just outside your top 15, CAK, Grace Christian among those teams as well. Uh, Oak Ridge making the right kind of move with that win last week. Week 5 is here. 5starpreps.com is his website. Ball Calls is next. 